from him who gave us the golden rule and from him who fulfills the golden rule for us and in us and through us be all grace and mercy and peace. Amen. Our text for this evening is, surprise, surprise, the golden rule. So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. This is our text. So the golden rule seems simple enough. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you, Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, because this is the law and the prophets. This is the way the law and the prophets are fulfilled. So Jesus doesn't, at this time, call them the golden rule. It becomes known as the golden rule over the course of time as people see it and learn it and begin to understand it and see it as the highest level of ethics that there could be. And so they label it with the most valuable form of metal. Gold. The golden rule. And so this golden rule is the rule that makes us pause before we have any kind of ethical decision to make or action to do. And when we pause, we ought to be asking the question, so what I'm about to do here, or what I'm about to say here, would I want this to be done or said to me? I wonder how many of us still actually ask, ask this question in this day and age. It seems like there isn't a whole lot of the golden rule going around these days. And yet, there's no question that this kind of pause before we decide to speak or act is pretty helpful. Too often we just act or say something and then after we're all done, then we begin to figure out the consequences of what it is that we said or did and we try to smooth it all over and make it all better. Or we just speak or act and, and never deal at all with the ethics that are involved in it. I think that's what's meant by amoral behavior. The whole matter can get pretty complicated and to give you an example, I want to go all the way back to the Honeymooners TV show. Remember that one from years and years ago? Ralph and his neighbor, neighbor Norton are sitting down at the dinner table, and, and Ralph says to Norton, when she put two potatoes on the table, one big one and one small one, you immediately took the big one without asking me what I wanted. And Norton says, what would you have done? And Ralph very self-assuredly says, I would have taken the smaller one. And Norton says, you would? And Ralph says, yes, I would. And Norton says, then what are you complaining about? You got the small one. Actually, one can find something close to the golden rule in just about any and every major religion that there is. It's there in the Jewish Talmud. It's in Confucianism and Buddhism and Hinduism and even in the ancient pagan Greek and Roman philosophers. You can find it way back there, too. But usually it's presented in a little bit different way. Instead of speaking it positively, in all those other religions and philosophies, it's spoken kind of in a negative way. Do not do unto others what you would not like done unto you. And there's a difference. This negative form of the golden rule, sometimes called the silver rule, 
just instructs us on what not to do. Don't do this if you wouldn't want that done unto you. But Jesus' version, on the other hand, has us looking at positive action. Not what is forbidden, but what must be done out of love for our neighbor. Out of love for somebody else. And so Jesus says that the golden rule is the law and the prophets. And so he must be thinking about the command in the Old Testament that goes all the way back to the book of Leviticus chapter 19 that says, don't take vengeance or bear a grudge, but love your neighbor as yourself, it says in the book of Leviticus. And then later Jesus summarizes the entire moral law by saying, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And as Jesus does repeatedly in the Sermon on the Mount, he, he affirms what the law and the prophets, what the Old Testament said, but at the same time in the Sermon on the Mount, as we've heard throughout this entire season of Lent, Jesus expands on it. He makes the law and the prophets deeper. He makes it so that we cannot wiggle out of them that we must do them if we are believers. Jesus expands their meaning in the life of his followers. So on this night, Maundy Thursday, we can affirm the beauty and the power of the golden rule, but we know that Jesus has much more for us than the golden rule to guide what we say and what we do in our lives. So have you ever wondered where the word Maundy comes from? What is Maundy Thursday? Maundy comes from the old Latin word mandatum. Mandatum, as you can probably hear in it, has the word mandate or command. And what is it that Jesus says on this night that he is betrayed? A new commandment I give to you that you ought to love one another. Note that it's not a suggestion. It's not something you could or might do. It is a commandment. This is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And this is where the golden rule takes us in Jesus' teaching to his challenging mandate that we Act in love toward others. So on Monday, Thursday, Jesus goes beyond the golden rule with its focus on self, asking, would I want to be treated like this? And instead, Jesus' Monday, Thursday mandate asks the selfless question. How can I lose myself in loving others? So in case we have a hard time imagining what that might look like, Jesus immediately demonstrates it. He gets down on his hands and knees, takes off his outer robe, gets a basin and a towel, and begins to what? Wash the dirty, stinky feet of his disciples. Can you imagine what it must have been like to be one of those disciples? He's doing what? To me? And when all their feet are clean, Jesus says, If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example 
that you also should do just as I have done to you. So for all the beauty, all the wisdom that there is in the golden rule, Jesus' actions on Maundy Thursday gives us another ethical measure for what we say and do. Is this a genuine act of Christ-like love? What, am I, what I am doing or what I am about to do, is this a work or a word of selfless service? Am I giving of myself? Which goes beyond asking, would I want this done or said to me? Instead it asks, is this what Christ would say? Is this what Jesus would do? So a fireman was once asked, what, what is it that would send you into a burning building to go risk your life and save somebody else's? And his response was a golden rule response. If I were in that building, I would want somebody to come in and rescue me. But the Christian response takes it even a step further than that. To say Christ-like love moves me to serve and to sacrifice for my neighbor. So here we are tonight on Maundy Thursday. Here we are with Jesus in the upper room as he washes his disciples' feet and then institutes his holy supper. From here we go to trial. We go to passion. From here we go to whipping and beating and ultimately to execution. I wonder if over the course of those next 12 or 24 hours, if the golden rule ever crossed Jesus' mind. Maybe he thought, if I were a sinner, I would want somebody to do this for me. Even more significantly, he did. He did the loving thing. He said the loving thing. He paused there in the Garden of Gethsemane in fervent prayer. He found the will of his Father, seeking it all along the way. And then Jesus went willingly. Love was his mandate. It was his command, and he always kept all of the commandments. And those very same hands that washed those dirty feet were then pinned to the cross for his disciples, for you, for me. Now we know what love looks like because of him. In Jesus' name, amen.